0: Welcome to Knowledge on the Go, where we explore the leading practices that have emerged in Vizient's PI collaboratives. I'm Marilyn Cheryl, Performance Improvement Director at Vizient and your program host. In this podcast, we'll discuss the emerging practices identified in Vizient's High Reliability to Reduce Variation Collaborative. Vizient's definition of a high reliability organization is an organization that has experienced significant success in avoiding harm within an environment of high complexity and risk. These organizations create a collective state of mindfulness that produces an enhanced ability to discover and correct errors before they escalate into a crisis. Failing to establish this mindfulness infrastructure impairs the ability to perform reliably when unexpected events do occur. Joining me today are two participants of the collaborative from St. Tammany Health System located in Covington, Louisiana. Bert Lindsay is the Director of Rehab Services and Patient Mobility in the Acute Care Setting. And Rebecca Baradell is the Rehab Manager for Acute Care at St. Tammany. Bert and Rebecca, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So during the collaborative, each organization chose a performance improvement project to apply high reliability leading practices and successful strategies. Rebecca, give us an overview of your project.
1: Sure. Our project focused on the use of mobility technicians throughout the hospital to affect certain aspects of falls by increasing patient rounding and mobility performed. At St. Tammany Health System in 2021, our falls per 1,000 patient days was reduced to 1.11, reaching the hospital goal set for less than one27 and also in 2021, patient days increased significantly without a significant increase in the number of falls. And we're happy to report that our falls with serious injury reduced to only one. Several factors go into the reduction of falls and injury from falls within a hospital setting. One of those factors we'll speak about today is the initiation of the mobility technician program, specifically utilizing these technicians to assist nursing driven programs for hourly rounding, and twice-daily mobilization orders. The Mobility Technician Program allowed us to restructure our transport department to create a position with three critical responsibilities, patient transport, patient mobility rounding, and therapy assistance. That's
0: great. It sounds like you've done a lot of work to reduce your fall rate, so I'm really excited to hear more about this. Bert, during the collaborative, we used content from Carl Weick and Kathleen Sutcliffe's book, Managing the Unexpected. It was resource for their leading practices and successful strategies. Which of the high-reliability leading practices outlined by them would you say this represents and why?
2: Definitely, we would be looking at preoccupation with failure. In preoccupation with failure, you have to expect situations to learn how to respond to them appropriately. That's one of the tenants. And we tell our staff to expect errors to occur unexpectedly. And therefore, the bulk of the training program for these new employees is to work specifically on repeatable results in their practices from day to day and situation to situation. They do three different job skills in their job descriptions, So we work towards showing them slightly different inputs and they have to try to manage those in the safe manner throughout the training. It's a lengthy certification and it's based off a lot of repeatability. The other thing we try to work on is sensitivity to operations. They operate under a blanket of expected. The results. We work within that blanket, but then we also show them that different things can happen all the time. You got to remember, these are kids who are coming out of primary degrees waiting for their secondary education. Most of them have absolutely no patient contact at all, and they don't have the best communication skills with those patients. So we're training them in various situations to deal with different complexities of patients, expecting the same results, especially as it relates to patient interactions and for safety and fall reduction.
0: I think that's really interesting. I especially love that you're introducing them into these patient care settings and giving them the tools necessary to begin to start feeling comfortable. And the certification program is very, very exciting. Before we drill into some of your successful strategies, St. Tammany uses Jim scores. That's used to evaluate a patient's mobility status. GEM stands for Greenville Early Mobility. It's a scale developed by a group of physical therapists to aid acute care nurses with assignment of patients to a level of mobility. The GEMS is based on a series of physical activities and encourages early mobility and advanced activity as tolerated. Now, Rebecca, your organization uses GEMS scores as a way to determine what one person can safely do with the patient, which also goes hand in hand with your progressive mobility orders. So tell us exactly how that process works.
1: The GEMS score is a four integer scoring system. It's objective and it has a high iterator reliability the nurses assess this score every shift and it is used as the driving force to help clinical decision-making regarding the safest way for our mobility technicians and nursing staff to mobilize a patient within the hospital room. The progressive mobility program utilized at our hospital is an order set for nurses to mobilize patients to their highest capability safely twice a day during their hospital admission. This program is utilized to prevent debilitating effects of certain medical conditions and hospital admissions. The GEM score is utilized to dictate what mobility activities are safe and effective to utilize with patients while carrying out the Progressive Mobility Program. The Progressive Mobility Program is used to ensure mobility is preserved or progressively improved throughout an admission.
0: I understand you identified an opportunity to improve the accuracy of the GEM scoring. How did that come about and what improvement strategies did you add?
1: As the mobility technician program evolved, we discovered the accuracy of the GEM scoring was an important component for the success of carrying out this mobility program safely. And we found that it was directly related to the education provided to the nursing staff. Specific education is provided on this program when onboarding nursing staff and during annual nursing competencies, as well as daily interactions with our highly trained mobility technicians. Bert, can you
0: talk about the data and the correlation between patient falls and toileting?
2: I've been intricately involved in fall teams for several years, so has Rebecca, but I, this year I decided to do deep dives into every fall. And we determined early on using the GEM scale that it is more likely that the more mobile a patient is, the more likely they are to want to toilet on their own and therefore the more likely they are to fall. Nationally and internationally, fall rates in hospitals revolve around toileting. This year, 51% of all of our falls in the year of 2021 revolved around falling. But 100% of all falls amongst GEMS level four patients revolved around toileting. So that showed that what we were looking at was correct. Now, A GEMS Level 4 patient is just like you and I. They have no disabilities, no physical restrictions, and they are at times allowed to be mobilized in their room by themselves. We found several factors that we thought could be relating to that. You know, it's a new environment and they're not familiar with it. Take into account you're coming here for an an illness and that could affect your cognition and judgment. So we had the mobility techs try to find the GEMS Level 4 patients that they had orders on. And simply say to them, you're a GEMS level four. I know you're walking around doing your own thing, but you are as likely to fall in here as anybody else. And it's going to revolve around this one activity, it's toiling. So we try to work on strategies to get them more access to more toileting while they're here with nursing, with the mobility techs and with therapy, as a matter of fact, to try to reduce that overall number. And in the fourth quarter, when we collected the data for a yellow belt, we reduced that falls to one a month. So my control is zero to one a month. So we went from about 17 falls total in the year, but we only had three or four in the fourth quarter. So that's not perfect, but it is improvement. We did see that we're moving in the right direction because no GEMS level four, in my opinion, should fall at all in the hospital.
0: That's really interesting because you're basically laying it out for the patient saying, while you think you're stable and you're doing great, this is what we see happening and heightening that awareness to be more careful. I like that. So, Rebecca, how does patient rounding and the three P's affect your project's improvement opportunities?
1: The three P's that we utilize at St. Tammany Parish Hospital is pain, potty, and position. These are terms that we address when we go into a patient's room to perform a mobility round. Our mobility technicians were utilized to help the nursing staff reach these expectations for a medical personnel rounding on a patient every hour to make sure that their needs are met. Specifically, we would like to target certain activities like toileting because those tend to be a higher risk activity for patients who are hospitalized. At St. Tammany, the falls revolving around toiling, as Bert said, was one of our specific targets. And with increased time spent in the room with the patients with hourly rounding and progressive mobility rounding, we're able to provide a safe environment for the patients to do these activities while they're being hospitalized.
0: Bert, I understand the GEM scores are also written on the communication board at the patient bedside. So, what are you seeing with the compliance of this documentation? How is this addressed?
2: It's a strategy board where therapy puts down their activity levels for a patient so that if a CNA family member or nurse comes in, they can see what we're doing for that specific day. We update it every day. The mobility techs can also update what the GEMS level are. And the beautiful thing about this, and this come into play a few times in this hospital already, is if a patient's GEM level is very high and the next shift you go in that GEMS patient's level is very low, that could be indicative of something severe, something of marked change in their condition. And the other thing is, is if a nursing from another area has to come in and help with a patient suddenly, they can just look up at that board and they should know just like that, what that patient's actual physical level is in case they have to get the patient from the chair to the bed or from the chair to the bathroom immediately. They don't have to go to the chart and say, okay, this is what the patient's gem level is. It's right there. The complaints is all dependent upon making sure that the communication board is updated regularly. So if I, the therapist, because I just saw a patient this morning, I go update that man's gems level. The next person that goes in, which will be a mobility tech in about three hours, if that level is changed, he or she will then change that level upon completion of their activity. And being a four-based integer system, it makes it very easy to understand.
0: How do you share this data with the staff then and how often do they see it so that they have a sense that this is really important and they understand the trends that are happening?
2: So when the progressive mobility orders are given to the staff, Rebecca has it worked out. So when they get their daily staff, it gives them not only progressive mobility orders, but the GEMS level for that patient for the day. When they go to the room, they should see if that GEMS level correlates with the GEMS level that's on the board. They give that information because the nurse and the CNA have that at shift change, and the nurse has to observe that. It's an observable measure. It's not a subjective measure. Some of your tests that people use are subjective, and you're asking the patient what their level is. You visualize this through a simple process of getting a patient from supine to sit and then possibly to stand and ambulate. That tells you right there what their GEMS level was. Then it also depends on the amount of assistance you have to give the staff. So it's addressed in situ all the time. It's a dynamic number and it's always assessed in the process. And then the text tell that nurse for that patient at the end of each session how that patient did and what their GEMS level would have been for that session.
0: So let's just kind of take a step back and talk about what were some of the greatest challenges you experienced?
2: Before I talk about challenges, let me tell you the positives. If you want to do a program like this, you have to have administrative support. And our administration gave us an ability to do a small pilot, and then we came back to them. And we shared the results. And and the nurses, the admiration they had for the program and for the kids and for what was being accomplished and how it helped them help the patients, that set the whole program in motion. We were blessed that we had that to be able to go forward. Otherwise, it's just the evolution of the program. When you start any new service line, and especially a service line that's never been done that we know of in the country, you have to collect data. You have to follow the HRO process. You have to make changes in real time, and you have to document those out. We have to do this at the same time that we're training people, that we're following up with them, and that we're making sure that everything is accomplished in the same way between every person. You have to put forth a lot of effort in starting the program and then evolving the program, not to keep it static. But the end results can be very, very positive. They were in our case, and they have been.
1: And I would say another challenge that we encountered, and it's still in place right now, is a method of documenting for the mobility technicians so that they can put what they're doing in the electronic medical record system. Currently, we are working with Ashner to create a solution for this because that will be a key factor in this communication being forthcoming in the chart as well as between ancillary staff throughout the day.
2: The issue is that such a new program... There's not really a place to put it in our documentation system. You're taking something that no one's ever had. It doesn't fit into a patient care tech. It doesn't fit as a CNA. It's an internal certification. So it is a process and we do foresee a solution for it. That is our major challenge right now. They have to take that information and give it to the nurse who then has to document it in the chart. They document the round itself, but we want them to be able to document specifics about the round and about the gems in the chart. The other thing we would love to see, physicians are asking for this too, we would love to see a mobility section in our EMR so that the physician can see whoever's touching that patient, the fact that they were mobilized, the number of times that they were mobilized and what the gem score is of that patient day to day. Because GEMS for us is intricate to discharge. We have tried to make ourselves an entity that helps not only in the patient's acute care setting, but we're trying to set up where that patient goes for their continuum of care through 90 days following a bundle concept. So the more a person can see what that patient's functional level is, just from a number between one and four, the more it makes it easy for physicians and case management for that fact to try to figure out what the best place is for discharge and then what the prolonged outcome should be.
0: That's great. Through the years, we've heard the message loud and clear how important communication is in keeping patients safe in our healthcare settings. Bert, what parting thoughts would you like to share with our listeners today?
2: I think this is a national issue. If a hospital has a transport department their self-esteem and what they feel they bring to the job could be less than optimal. When we started this, our transport department was a tier three department. Uh, they didn't have a good amount of participation in things, but they would come to me and tell me about all the interactions they would have one-on-one with a patient. Imagine you're a transporter you're taking a patient from oncology to go get tested. And and there's a lot of trepidation and anxiety in that patient. And if you're good at talking to them, patients would come back and tell me how good that was for their psyche and their well-being in that process. So we took that and decided, hey, you know, these people can do more. And then when we threw in the student aspect, they're ready to go to advanced schooling, but they have absolutely minimal to no patient care contact. Bringing them in, And getting them started and watching, we've had three people go to med school this year. We've had people go to be accepted accelerated nursing programs, therapy, and pharmacy schools. And the thing is, with the students who are now our colleagues get out of this program, for me, it's very satisfying as an old timer who's kind of in the swan song phase of his life in therapy, to see these kids grow up and really become integral in the patient care experience. And this really played out in Hurricane Ida. When Ida was here, I helped run a trauma room with techs. These techs were doing all kinds of stuff because it was crazy here during Ida. It was absolutely insane. And we stayed here for days and the respect for the mobility techs just blew out the roof with that because these were young kids who had no patient experience. And now they were actually honing in and meeting patients' needs in an environment where you could throw out preoccupation with failure because it was just insane the amount of different things that were getting thrown at us at a small period of time. And I really hope... And we foresee that some of these kids will then come back as professionals, as physicians, because they love this place, because this place gave them a chance to start that process and to move into a professional environment. They're given responsibility that they've never had before with the training, using the HRO concept to get them to that point where they can be trusted to do patient interactions. And I think that's a win-win. And I think every community has kids and transport staff that could do this.
0: Thank you so much. I think this has been very exciting and inspiring for our listeners today. Rebecca Berdell and Bert Lindsay, I thank you so much for sharing your story today. And thanks to all of you for listening. Please join us for more knowledge on the go. Subscribe today. Like us and send us your comments at collaboratives at com. From Vizian's PI Collaborative team, I'm Marilyn Cheryl.